Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, and uh, welcome to the Parkdale Haunt Q&A, and I guess later on bloopers episode. Uh, my name is Alex Nursall, and I am the co-creator, co-writer, director uh, of the show, and I also played Judith. Welcome, Alex. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Nice, nice to hear you. I just want everyone to know that we are in three separate rooms, so... We are compliant. I Neither of us can see Ian. Nope. No. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm Emily. I'm the other co-creator, co-writer, and I am the voice of Claire. Uh, hi, I'm Ian, and I am the uh, sound designer and mixer uh, for the show, and I also play Owen. I'm the only one who gave a last name. Right, last names. Uh, this is why we're better scripted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's jump in with some questions. The first question I wanted to address was one that we get a lot, uh, and it is, is this your job? No, this is not our. This is not for any of us our full-time job, <laughs> which is, yeah, it's funny because I, I feel like uh, it is definitely the question I feel like I've gotten the most um, because I think... It uh it it sounds the podcast sounds very involved and it is but this is uh in a lot of ways a labor of love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of technically speaking, uh, this is my job. I am a, a sound designer and and audio mixer, but uh, in this particular node, uh, I am uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the collective labor of love kind of thing. Yeah, and I guess Emily and I are both writers, but this is uh. If it was like, this is not our this is not our full time gig. Yeah. Yeah. If the question really is, do you guys get paid to do this? The answer is no. Uh, we share ad revenue with our podcast network, but uh, we are not earning any kind of a salary, or and we're not rich yet. I'm waiting on that, Alex. The real salary is the friend we've made. Oh, I messed that up. (laughs) (laughs) The real salary is the friends we've made along the way. Yeah, but here's the problem. I was already friends with both of you before this started. What about the other guys? I was friends with them, too. How else do you think we got them on the show? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's go to some listener questions. You guys were nice enough to send us questions on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you. So we will start with... The Riftwalker on Instagram wants to know what our favorite episode is. Mm, that's a good one. I should have prepared. Um, I can start because it's kind of a two-way tie for me because it's going to be either when it comes to like the full complete package, um, either episode 10 or the Christmas special. Those two are the ones for me that like... If I have to go back and re-listen to my own work, which is, like, deeply difficult, I think, for anyone in any creative thing, um, those are the two that I would go back and be like, yeah, I'm into this. Mm -hmm. 
I would agree. Uh, in terms of like the sound design and stuff like that, 10 was a lot of fun for sure. And uh, the Christmas episode was like, you know, I got a lot of opportunity to uh, reach out into the ether and do some uh, some really kind of cool and uh, out there stuff. Um, but I also will throw that uh, season two has some really awesome episodes in it as well. Emily? That's a great question. Um, I think think that I also love episode 10. It is one of the ones where we have pretty much the full cast and there's the classic Ouija board scene, which is just, you know. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was episode five. Oh, sorry. Episode five then. Episode five is my favorite episode. (laughs) Not episode 10. Episode 10 is the finale. What am I thinking? (laughs) Episode five. (laughs) Episode five. That was a lot of fun to do just the sound design for because that was Mm -hmm. Ian and I, I was in the booth and... Um, all the sounds of the planchette and everything is me rubbing a glass on a table, yeah, and just following along with the dialogue that we'd already recorded. And then I got to, th- and, then, and then I got to throw the table. Yeah, which was fun. and I learned what a planchette was. Yes, <laughs> I think my other favorite episode, and this is just because it has one of my favorite scenes, which also includes great sound design, but. Um, Okay, apparently I don't know which episode is which because they just have all blurred together in my mind as one big consecutive story. Um, but I think it was episode two where the centipedes come out of the sink. Yes, oh, that's episode yeah. two. Um, that's one of my favorite scares in <laughs> the entire first season because just like if you don't know what a house centipede is, just Google it and then imagine. Don't, don't do it. Just thousands of them coming out of your sink and uh, you're welcome for the nightmares if you didn't already have them. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was creepy too, <laughs> to sound design. <laughs> I remember uh, doing it and like uh, having to listen to that over and over for like two hours was like creepy as heck. But uh, I remember Alex came in the first time I finished it and was like, uh, can you turn those down a bit? Like, this is really intense. <laughs> it's like, okay, yes. I went a little overboard the first round. Cool. So another question from the Rip Walker is, what is your favorite part of making the podcast? And what is your least favorite part of making the podcast? I think my, I will say my least favorite part is, it's when I get to the stage of like, I'm mostly done a script and I'm sitting there staring at it, going like, where does this go? Where is this going? Please, God, have this work. Um, <laughs> and you're just trying to like will yourself to be creative, which is impossible. You can't. It doesn't work that way. But, uh, but you know, like, and we're, we're lucky enough that we haven't had to work under like crazy tight deadlines. Like we have a little bit of leeway to kind of work on our own time to an extent. But there is a point where you're just sort of like staring at an episode going like, what? the fuck do I do next? I will jump onto that to say that that's also probably my least favorite part of making the podcast. Specifically, though, uh, (laughs) the continuity of the lore is like very difficult. Making sure that things don't contradict one another, making sure that it all makes sense in the grand scheme of things, I think for me is probably the most difficult part. See, this is why people do like a lot of like nonfiction podcasts because you don't have to deal with lore. The second you get into the <laughs> fictional world and you have to have like a Bible to follow along with to be like, who is this? What? Huh? 
um, it just is like, oh my god, okay, fine, I get it. It's so, it's, it's, yeah. There's times where I'm just like, I'm referencing things and I'm pulling up old episodes and I'm going through notes and I'm like, is this person dead? When did this happen? Oh, and you need it, or else it's just a series of scary things that happen. But like, yeah, fuck the lore sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I but I, yeah, that. I have made the promise to people that this isn't the television series Lost, so we're not just going to throw in things that never have a payoff. <laughs> uh, so I have to hold myself to that now. It's, yeah, it's been yeah. recorded. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so sorry to cut you off, Alex. Uh, what is your favorite part of making the podcast? I think my favorite part is my favorite part is recording. I, I think the time spent in the booth has been some of the most fun. It's definitely been the most fun um, recording session that recording sessions, it's many recessions that I have done, I think ever. like and I've been doing I've been doing audio stuff since I was 15. So it's been I've done I spent a lot of time in various booths and this has probably been the most enjoyable stuff I've done. Um, not just because it's like, fun content to do but because the cast is so great oh and it's it's uh it's so enjoyable to be in the studio with you guys that i could just do that all the time our salary is the friends we made along the way there you go (laughs) see (laughs) paying dividends yeah (laughs) okay over to you ian all right uh the least favorite part i don't know if i have like i can't think of something off the top of my head i'll keep it all sound design related then i guess um so there are certainly some times when there are uh a situation or like an environment that is you know i've never heard it before probably no one's ever heard it before so what does it sound like so that can be frustrating uh to try and figure that out but at the same time, the most rewarding part of the podcast is when I figure that stuff out and I'm, I, I get into a, a flow. And then you, you kind of you're working and you're right in there in those spaces and, and things are coming to you and you're just moving along and, and existing in these in these uh, these environments and these these situations that the characters find themselves in. And that ends up the most frustrating thing turns into the most rewarding thing and uh it gets really exciting and 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 uh get a lot of joy from uh from that for sure that actually leads me into another listener question um from digital roadmap on twitter they wanted to know basically where we get our foley where do you get the um sound effects that make up the outdoors in parkdale haunt Nice. Well, there's a lot of uh, foley, uh, like physical foley that goes on um, with all the uh, physical movements and um, kind of acting related stuff. That's we, we all do that. We perform it as much as possible. Uh, and then the environment. So say the birds and the roads and the spaces, uh, some of those we create. Uh, from bits and pieces, some of them have been uh, recorded, you know, in uh, in and around the area, and uh, we use sound design uh, libraries as well to to kind of fill everything. Um, in any given scene, there's you know upwards of eight different layers of things that kind of all come together to create that sound or that uh, that space. 
And the idea or the hope is that uh, while each space remains the same, uh, consistent, I guess is a better word, um, it's not a carbon copy. So if you go to, say, someone's living room uh, in one scene and then later on, it's the same, there's the same base elements and the same kind of acoustic quality, but it's a different time of day. So there's, you know, either there's some birds or there's some quiet calmness or some crickets or, um, different, uh, different elements. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause even like the, the tone of a room really does change. And I usually, I usually try to include in the script, like if there's a time of day thing, especially if it like makes a difference, because like, you know, if you're in a neighborhood, well, it's going to make a difference if it's like 10 PM or if it's like, noon because mm-hmm. like what's outside what's happening are there birds out or is it going to be like are there lots of cars nearby like yeah and these are all things and i think just one interesting thing that i feel like people are um find sort of surprising is that like a lot of the you there's a lot of environmental sounds happening you can hear people shifting and you can hear people like picking things up and ian that's a lot of you just in the booth just acting mm-hmm. along the, the, the like the the dialogue is playing you're listening to it and you're just putting coats on and picking things yeah. up and sitting down and just so you're literally acting the whole scene out to get that environmental noise yep i'm gonna take it on the road one man show baby <laughs> <laughs> Come watch the incredible Foley man. <laughs> uh, so I guess the other the other part of this question is a little bit more less practical or uh, not practical is the wrong word. Ideological, uh, which is how important was it for us to place this podcast in Toronto in a specific neighborhood? Oh, good question. Ooh, I would say pretty important. I feel like that was a that was. Because it, it speaks to, I feel like somebody asked the question about where did this come from? And this ties into like the original inspiration for the podcast. And uh, can I jump, can I jump over to that? Because I know somebody, I know I saw somebody ask like, what was the inspiration? Yes. And the original inspiration was um, hilariously enough, if, if you live in Toronto, you have probably read or heard of the Toronto Life article the my reno from hell or the reno from hell if uh if you haven't please go look it up and uh basically about some people who renoed their house and it went very poorly they lived in they, it was in parkdale um and uh and the whole thing was kind of a disaster for some some self-imposed reasons and the elevator pitch from Emily to me originally, because we were talking about writing some stuff and doing a podcast, and we were like, maybe we should, you know, like we should write some scripts together. Let's try this out. And her original elevator pitch was, what if the Renault from hell, but actually? <laughs> and that was the jumping off point uh, where we started with that was the that was the original line. And then and then we were like, let's build this around like two friends because it's easy to cast yourself. <laughs> um, and it just kind of went from there. Yeah. Uh, what Alex said, uh, we wanted to literally renovate hell. Um, I think we we uh, we also wanted to sort of set it in kind of a gothic tradition. So this is very referential to sort of house horror and doing both sort of a psychological element of a woman who is slowly kind of unraveling at the same time she explores a house. And then that leads to 
what's at the core of the podcast, the relationship between Judith and Claire and the kind of difficulties and challenges and complications that come with their relationship and female friendship in general. So it kind of all came from that one place, and then we just built it all out from there. (laughs) So this question from Josh Cordell on Twitter is very appropriate for what we've been doing all day because we've been recording all day. And Josh wants to know, what is the process of recording Parkdale Haunt like for you guys in the sense of did you break recording the episodes in chunks or how did you organize it? These these recordings are chunky. Oh, they're chunks. I guess the... Because, yeah, once Emily and I work on the scripts... Emily, do you mind if I just run at this question? Yeah, of course. Go for it. Yeah. Um, Emily and I work on the scripts. Once the scripts are locked, we will start recording, and they are recorded just it's all over the place. Like today, we've been in the studio all day uh, today, and we have recorded stuff for episodes 11, 12, 15, 14, 20. Like, it's just you're you're recording with who you can get at the booth at the time. So, like, you know, Ian and I recorded like a week or so ago and we recorded 11 12 17 and 19 and like pieces of those two like it's not even a full episode so we'll do them all sort of out of order they're all sort of done whoever we can get in the booth we'll try to get actors in for as short of a period of time as possible like if they're in multiple episodes but they're only in like parts we'll try to get them in for like one session and just do it all at once like we locked almost all of uh, Adam's stuff, who's played by Carson Pinch, who, who he all of, almost all of his stuff today. Um, once that's done, it goes to me. I do all of the dialogue, like cutting and tracking, and so setting setting all that up so everything's timed out, uh, so that uh, Ian's got something to work off of to make it sound good. Because there is nothing less scary than listening to a horror podcast with no sound design in it and every time I do it I like cuddle the dialogue I listen through for the timing and then I'm like is this okay (laughs) this isn't scary at all and then we sprinkle the magic fairy dust on it and yeah and then Ian is an artist and he comes in and makes everything sound fantastic (laughs) and I, I guess yeah just because of uh following all the protocols and stuff that we have to right now, making sure everyone's in their own separate studio and they're not uh, recording in a, in a room. Uh, you know, that's been a little bit different and a little bit challenging. Logistically speaking, for season two, um, there was a couple times in the, in the olden times for season one, uh, you know, we're, we're able to get more people kind of in a room uh, recording at once, uh, which helped for some of those group scenes, but uh, this uh, this new way of doing it actually works pretty well. Yeah, most most things are recorded two people at a time because there's a lot of just two person dialogue happening. Uh, season one, we recorded episodes five and ten on the same day with all four of us in the room together. So that's the only episode. Those are the only times that all four of us were there at the same time. Um, Ian, you didn't even meet the guy who plays Austin Bird until the Christmas episode. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, you never met Taylor. Nope. Um, and the very last thing that we recorded for season one was two lines of Emily's from episode one that I had forgotten to get. <laughs> and I remember that because I was like, everything's done. And then I was listening back and it was placeholder lines that I had read because you have also never met 
the woman who plays the neighbor. And when I recorded with her, I just read your two lines. And I was like, I'll get those from Emily the next time she's in the studio. And then I never did. <laughs> and we had to lock everything so that Ian could finish up the sound design. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. And I made you, I, you had to come in to record like two words. <laughs> so that was the last thing that was recorded for season one was two lines in episode one. So I, some of you guys had questions about season two and where it's going and the plot. And I'm sorry, we can't give you spoilers. Tough beans. Uh, one question I will answer, though, uh, is from Art Dub Chal. I don't know how that's I don't know how that's supposed to be pronounced, but on Instagram. And they just asked, "Is season two a continuation of the plot from season one?" Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> a big spoiler, but yes, it is. <laughs> yes, we are. We are continuing on from season one, so we'll be building on the story of. Uh, Judith and Claire and Owen and I guess Adam. <laughs> I guess he's here as well. <laughs> Poor Adam. Another sort of genre of questions we got is people wanted to know more about our inspirations. So uh, someone on Twitter, Josh Cordell on Twitter, asked us, what is each of your favorite scary movies and or series? Mm. Ooh, Emily, you are the scary movie person out of this out of this group. Emily has watched you did like was it ninety nine scary movies you did in one year? Yes, Whoa. and yes. I did that for two years. So I've seen quite, well, and before that, I'd seen quite a few scary movies. Um, yeah, I love I love to talk about my favorite scary movies. Um, Please tell us more. The first one that I like, the first horror movie I ever saw, I was. I believe I was either nine or ten years old, and I was at my grandmother's house in Saskatchewan, and I was watching TV in the basement, and The Shining came oh, on. Nice, oh, yes. Kubrick's The Shining, and I just absolutely adored it, uh, much to the chagrin of my parents. And it is probably the first horror movie I remember just being like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life." Huh. Huh. Um, since then, some of my more recent favorites are uh, The Descent, which is about a group of girls who go caving, um, and they get lost, and uh, chaos ensues. Great book, by the way, as well. Oh, I didn't even know it was based on a book. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really, really good. Yeah, I just I love the um, sort of claustrophobia of it. That's one of my biggest fears is claustrophobia in general. So it, it really works for me. And it also is a really interesting dynamic between a really strong female cast. Another one I would put up in the top is The Wicker Man. But <laughs> please, please give the uh, the. There's a big asterisk on that one. Please, give I it. have to give the asterisk that it is the original, I believe, 1976 Wicker Man, which does not have Nicolas Cage in it. So, and there are also no bees. Um, <laughs> Just, you're never gonna bring back your stupid honey. <laughs> but it's an amazing movie, and I think it get overshadows. It gets overshadowed by the terrible remake. So I would encourage everyone to watch that. Uh, yep, yeah, off the top of my head, those are my two favorites. I have like garbage for brains when it comes to like the movies I watch. Like I watch so many bad movies on purpose. So I feel like when it comes to horror movies, um, I was a huge coward for so long. That like, you know, watching them like just scared the living daylights out of me. Um, but I think the first horror movie that I ever like really really liked, but also it like gave me nightmares for like ten years because I was I don't know ten when I saw it was uh, was Halloween 
Oh, yeah. Which just... Which just, like, I was, like, 10 years old. I watched it in my friend's place. It, like, ruined me. Um, but that, I, I'm i very, I'm very much into the whole, like, the the house, you know, the house which should be the safe space is not safe. So I've got a real soft spot for, like, also um, My Bloody Valentine, the original, mm. uh, which is, uh, I actually, I grew up up north. I grew up in Sudbury. I grew up around a mine. I have been into parts of the mine and there is just, it's horrible down there. It's just awful. So setting a horror movie in a mine, it's just, it, it makes sense. It sucks down there. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love those. I loved, yeah, I even liked the remake. The remake is so dumb, but I really enjoyed it. I like the remake too. Uh, right on. Yeah, for me, um, for sure, I have a, a love for The Shining. That was great. I remember watching it when I was pretty young uh, and then just kind of thinking like, oh, this is kind of a boring movie. Like, what the heck is everyone uh, on about this again? About um, And then I watched it a few years later and it was like, oh, my God, this is intense. Just because I could understand what the heck was happening. Uh, so that one's a great, uh, great example for sure. Uh, but I think my favorite, if I can like nudge the genre of horror over a little bit into science fiction, um, Alien for sure is like one of my all-time favorite uh, science fiction. And I, I would argue it's it's pretty uh, horror-esque. There's a, a large alien monster out to get you in a confined space in outer uh, space. So yeah. that's a little freaky. I would 100% say it's a horror okay, movie. Okay, good. I yeah, g- yeah. Give me some validation here, fellas. Yeah. Like, Thank if you. the thing is a horror movie, then Alien is a horror movie. Okay, well, there you go. Alright, so we're good. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> Case alien. closed. Alien is too spoopy. There you go. And uh, also, um, uh, oh my, Hocus Pocus. Aww. Because Bette Midler is awesome. Well, that's just a classic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't. I mean, you can't not, right? So, in that vein, we also had a request for some podcast recommendations. People who have blown through Parkdale Haunt can't get enough horror fiction podcasts. I did post a um, a list of our favorites is on Twitter, but uh, I thought maybe we could all speak a little bit more to some some favorite podcasts. Um, I'm, I always come back to this one cause this was one of the ones that really inspired me for this, for doing this podcast, both in like the, the tone and also just the overall like sound quality. Um, but, uh, Video Palace, which is on Shutter, uh, and I guess just all over wherever podcasts are, which is everywhere at this point. Um, but yeah, Video Palace to me is one of the few ones that like the first time I listened to it like legitimately freaked me out it is it's so well done it's so creepy um it's another it's it's short it's only 10 episodes of like the full full story there's like a few things they've added on since then but like the it's very condensed um but it's 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 one of the best sounding ones and I know that it's like um, for so many people, like if you don't have access to like a professional studio and professional engineers, it can be very hard. Like their credits list is like 95 people long, but yeah, Video Palace, highly recommend. Very cool. Um, I have to go with a horror podcast that Alex introduced me to, um, which is the British horror fiction podcast, The Magnus Archives. It is, it's fun. It's about sort of like an archive of spooky stories. 
So you just have an archivist who is reading out spooky stories, and uh, it kind of leads into this meta plot um, as it goes. So it's really long, which is great if you're looking for a lot of content and um, just looking for like a podcast that can stand alone with each episode, but also is kind of serialized in an interesting way. That podcast taught me one very important thing, and that is do not share a name with one of your characters. <laughs> yes. The the creator, his name is Jonathan Sims, and he named the main character after himself. And it, this um, podcast has been a huge cult hit, and it has a lot of fan fiction. So I can't imagine um, all of this fan fiction with your name attached to it. Yeah, it would just completely <laughs> destroy your ability to Google yourself. Because <laughs> we absolutely, obviously, we understand the instinct because Claire and Judith, while they're not me and Alex, they still share a lot of the same traits. And it's just kind of easy to base, or not, well, it's rewarding to base fiction off of what you know and from a familiar place and then go from there. So I totally get it. But yeah, that must have been an early decision, which I can't imagine he's super stoked about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Right on. And yeah, for me, uh, I have a couple a couple old school favorites for sure. I was really into uh, Limetown when it came out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot about Limetown. And that was, uh, yeah, I, I really liked all the treatments and the sound design and um, the environments and stuff uh, in that podcast. I thought it was really, really well done and like really scary and, and got its hooks into you, which is great. Uh, and the message was pretty, uh, pretty good, too. Um, and I, I really like, uh, it's maybe not technically horror, but uh, the stuff you should know with uh, Josh and Chuck, their Halloween episodes are always super spooky. A lot of the time they have uh, either a, a spooky reading of a, a story or they have uh, in the past they've done listener uh, fiction that they read, which can get intense. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. So here's another sort of creepy question. What is the creepiest place you've been to in Toronto? Ooh. Okay. Gotta think. Uh, I think I know. Um, and uh, and the answer is, this is highly specific, um, but uh, I went to U of T. Uh, I worked in a residence there, and it was older, and it was originally like there there was a men's residence and a women's residence like they're both just like co-ed now but at the time this was the men's residence so they were just like men don't like interior decorating like they don't care for they don't care for nice walls they just need a place to do their man things i don't know what they are ian please tell me what man things are <laughs> nope trade secret oh damn it but uh so but the the main thing i always remember is that i worked an overnight job there as a porter and the basement was just one of the worst places. It was, you'd have to go down there like three times during the, your shift to like walk around to make sure, I guess, that like nothing had died down there. And it was concrete everywhere. It was only lit with like awful, awful fluorescence. There was always like one wet patch on the ground in this one corner. It was shaped like a big C. So you'd get to one side and you could see all the way down. There were drafts. It was, there was like random rooms down there, but they were really spaced out. So you would go for like these long periods of time with just like doors to nowhere. And there was one section on one end of the sea where you'd go down a hallway and there was like 
like a bricked up door. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And yeah, and there was like, and usually like a wet patch around there. It was just like the worst place. (laughs) And there were definitely times that I would just be like, it would be like three o'clock in the morning and I would just like put my head down the stairs and be like, any murderers down there? And then just like not go down because it was awful down there. And you would just, and it echoed weird. So somebody would like do something on the other side of the sea and you would hear it. So sounds um, cool. <laughs> so yeah. So there's there's like maybe like fifteen people who are listening who are like, I know where that is. So I'll follow this up with um, another one for the University of Toronto folks out there. Uh, Alex and I both attended University of Toronto. That's where we met. Uh, U of T is interesting. It has a giant library called Robarts. Um, brutalist masterpiece that it is. <laughs> yes. It is just a giant piece of concrete with tiny windows in a shape that some people call a turkey, some people call it peacock. I was told in urban legend that the architect threw himself off of the top yelling, it is not a turkey. (laughs) (laughs) I never heard that, but I love it. I'm positive that is not true. (laughs) I'm feeling... It's a stork. But so you, when you go in, there are some study rooms on um, the first three floors or so. But then you have to take an elevator, which goes up to like the tenth floor or something. And there are all of these stacks, and they're set up in kind of like a circular way. But they have fluorescent lights that are on timers. So when you walk by, they click on and click off. And there are also. Um, like study tables. So sometimes if you're there just late at night and kind of just out of your mind with sleep deprivation, you'll just, you'll see out of the corner of your eye, the light flick on and flick off, but you don't see anyone. And you're like, I know this is coming from movement, but I don't think anyone's there. U of T is just, you could, we could have just said large chunks of U of T are some of the spookiest places. Like <laughs> like University College interior is terrifying. Um, I, I did an art degree, so what is now like a big fancy building at One Spadina Crescent, it used to be the scariest fucking building at, at the University of Toronto. Like there were like, it used to be like a medical space. So there's doors you could open that were like refrigerator doors, but there was like no windows in the room and you could get locked in there. It was just like, <laughs> it was literally, like, it was literally a nightmare building and I had spent time time there at like four in the morning and it was one of the worst experiences of my life well that building once banana crescent that has an actual real thing where, where people were ghost hunting and uh fell to their deaths yeah and there was a professor who was murdered there i think right before i started at u of t that mm-hmm. is terrifying unsolved so all Creepy. right so throwing this over to ian creepiest place in the gta oh man i don't know uh i've been thinking about it so in grade school, I was super cool. Obviously. And uh, we had a ghost club. Aww. And ghost club would, uh, we had the the super skill of like psyching ourselves out so much while hunting quote unquote ghosts that literally any place we went to was a ghost filled nightmare in our own minds. Uh, so that was, that was cute. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, I used to, I used to work at, uh, the Mount Pleasant Cemetery, uh, back in the day. And it's a really, really beautiful place, uh, in the daylight. And the, uh, 
uh, the western half has a bunch of really, really, really super old uh, mausoleums from kind of the the old families of uh, of Toronto, and some of them are massive and really, really, again, gorgeous in the daylight. Nighttime, when you're there all by yourself, they can get pretty creepy. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, that freaked me out. Um, but uh, yeah, aside from that. I can't think of uh, I can't think of anything else. Have you considered hanging out in some basements at U of T? <laughs> I'll, yeah, yeah, I know, oh. right? I went to Ryerson; it was all new. So Ryerson can be creepy. Um, okay, one more. Well, actually, okay. Let me. I'll just answer this question. My father would like to know if uh, we'll be getting tips on how to repair a porch. What's <laughs> up, <laughs> <Some> Dad? <laughs> to which Hi, I Mr. replied. Kellogg. Dad, I'm glad that you're worried about the safety of my character, but I think that the ghosts, etc., of the house were a more pressing concern than the porch. But it does get fixed. Do I know how to fix a porch? No. <laughs> Do I know someone who knows how to fix a porch? I think. <laughs> <laughs> but but I promise the fictional porch has been fixed. So thank you, Father, for that question. <laughs> if we had to, if we had to rank if we had to rank us like me, you, Ian, and we'll say Carson, because Carson plays Adam. Um, who from from least able to fix a porch, like right now, if it was like go. Like, least able to most able to fix a porch. Oh, easy. Least able, me. <laughs> uh, second least able, probably Carson. Third least able, uh, or second most able. Ah, uh, glass half full. Gonna go with Ian. Most able to fix a porch, Alex. Ooh. I just feel like you could do it. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> I am wearing a lot of plaid right now. Yeah. I, I think my, my version would be like, uh, I think that's enough duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we make podcasts and don't build houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I still, I still would be like... Just don't sit on that corner. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> My sister-in-law is a structural engineer, and uh, yeah, she wouldn't let me near anything like that. <laughs> well, it's good you have someone who can you can ask if you need to. It, or someone to tell me, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> or that. Um, okay, I think as far as I can tell, the last listener question we had was... Do you guys have any other podcast ideas? Any other podcasts rattling around in your brain? Hmm. I <laughs> I have always wanted to do one. Um, maybe I'll do this someday. Uh, please do not steal. <gasps> um, uh, people listening, I'll find you. I see. I see through the ruse. Oh, yeah. this is why the listener asked that. Yeah. Cheeky, do I do I do I tell monkey. them or do I keep it secret? Do a fake one. Well, if we. <laughs> If we publish this, then people will know it was your idea first. Yes. Oh, actually, that's a good idea. Good yeah. point. Good point. Um, I've always wanted to do a podcast in which it is just like a nonfiction one in which it is just um, either it's because I get like Emily can attest to this. Ian can attest to this, too. You both put up with put up with me too much. And 
that I'll get like fixated on something like usually in pop culture and just be like, this is driving me nuts. And like the the quintessential example is that Emily and I watched <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey, the second one, <laughs> and there's a helicopter crash scene in it. And like before the scene was even done, I was like, hang on a second. Like where? No, logistically, this makes no sense. Like he's crashing somewhere outside Mount St. Helens. Like that's where he is, and he's got to make it back to Seattle. And like, how did he do it? Like, like I could do a PowerPoint on this, and I would like to do a podcast in which it's either me or somebody who has like these same sort of like fixations on something called like Talk Me Down, and it's just. trying to like work through these things and try like either like trying to either convince the other person that like no this is important or have the other person be like okay man it's okay like you like deep breath time deep breath we don't need to talk about the finances and i still know what you did last summer again because i'm still obsessed with it (laughs) (laughs) yes i was going to say i i too am obsessed with that one and i think you calculated what it would cost for the murderer to have set up the elaborate plot of i know what you did last summer too i spent like four hours one morning like digging through historical records for like how much it would cost for a flight so i could like accurately price it out and just being like i'm gonna figure this out man this guy's gotta be because i'm like this character is technically dead and he doesn't have a job and he's paying for like six flights and a week at a resort just so he could kill them he knows where she lives why doesn't he just do it there That'd be a short movie. <laughs> well, yes, but... <laughs> but who's bankrolling this? Yeah, exactly. I demand... I still still know what you did last summer. It was go to this resort and not die. And I want that person who is paying for this to show up. And I'd like to also just publicly apologize to both of you, because I know that you've both had to listen to me, like, get into these moods. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still really invested in both of those things, so... Yeah. Um... <laughs> Great. So I think that concludes, unless I magically find something else on our Instagram and Twitter, I think that concludes our listener questions. But do we have any questions for each other? Hmm. Anyone want to start a porch repair podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, Ian. I cut you off before. Do you have an idea for a podcast? That was it. (laughs) Yeah. No, eventually I think uh, I love love sci-fi, so I'd love to do a a sci-fi uh, podcast of some sort. Um, we had started something. We did. We did. And a, a lot of that uh, sound design and stuff was really cool. Like clangy spaceship, you know, air recyclers and stuff like that. Anyway. Uh, yeah. TBD. Very cool. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have any other specific podcast ideas. So we can move along. Right on. If we have questions for each other. Um, uh, what? Oh, here's one. Here's one that we get asked a lot is how long does it take to make an episode? Oh, I did this math at one point. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious to hear it. Um, if I kind of cut the writing part of it out, because the writing is so all over the place, like we'll start it and then like an episode we'll sit around for like months and then we'll finish it like so like ignoring the writing part which is very piecemeal and all over the place and emily and i are sending scripts back and forth blah blah blah. i would say that from from the time that we get into the booth to the time that a study that a that a an episode is locked um between recording um uh, like the dialogue editing sound design and um 
any sort of revisions is about 24 hours an episode. Yep. That, so that, that sounds about right. Yeah. So that is why you guys have to wait so long for season two. Yes. <laughs> Takes a minute. Yeah, it varies uh, for, for sound design, kind of dependent on the... Uh, the content of the episode, obviously, like there's some like episode 10 of uh, of last season, you know, that took a lot longer than, say, uh, I think it was episode two or something that had uh, more of the kind of in-studio conversation type stuff. Obviously, you don't have to sound design that uh, very much. There is still a little in there if you listen. But uh, yeah, it, it kind of varies, um, I would say, between, you know six seven to ten to twelve uh hours to kind of put all of that stuff in place and and give it the the proper listens and uh the final shine as you would say can i ask a question of course that is do you guys is there a scene in season one that that like sticks out in your mind for like whether you love like the way it sounds or like the way it's acted or something like that or if it's just like something you had a lot of fun doing like is there is there something from season one that sticks out to you uh yeah i got one i think uh in the christmas episode where a bird gets uh dumped into the grave and is like buried alive that was super fun and super cool to to sound design i i I really like that part yeah, on that note, I always have so much fun recording with A-Bird, uh, who's played by an, a great actor and comedian, Taylor Davis. He's just so funny, and I'm always cracking up. Hell of a guy. Yeah, Taylor's a joy to record with, and um, and yeah, I think he just he just makes that character so much fun. <laughs> so good. Um, Emily, do you have... Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I already talked about my love of the Harris Centipedes. I really enjoyed shouting at them. Um, I think all the time in the studio, really, that I was shouting and screaming was so cathartic. (laughs) It was wonderful. Yeah, for sure. There was definitely some of that. One of the ones I found the, the, the most interesting for me when we were recording it was the end of episode nine. And that's when, like, the the recording's coming back and screaming at, at them and Judith and Owen and, like, things are falling and Owen storms out. And that was very interesting to record because I don't think, like, Ian, I've never heard you, like, get mad. So <laughs> I just get even. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that was one of the first, like, moments where it was, like, I think, especially for our characters who tend to be sort of a little bit more measured through season one, um where stuff starts to like really go off the rails and it was very interesting to be in the booth while you're just like yelling at me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was intense for sure. Uh, all right. I got a, a question for both of you. Um, all dressed or ketchup chips. Ooh. This is important. So I'm sorry. Um, I'm about to make a lot of listeners hate me. I Are you going to say barbecue? No, I will go with all dressed, but I have to say I hate ketchup just in general. So So ketchup chips are just yeah, out of the picture. Yeah, to me ketchup chips are the devil, but all dressed chips fantastic. I dig it. I I'm going point to all dressed myself. <laughs> yeah, I would be in the all dressed category. Although I do like ketchup chips, but my thing is that I'm I like I won't say no to a ketchup chip. No. Let's just say that. But I I I feel like I'm the kind of person who's like are these chips, like, they better be ruffled or something. 
<laughs> I need more. Yes, like none of these ones where it's like, ooh, they're crumbling away in my head. Like I want a chip that fights back. <laughs> it's got to have some substance. Yeah, it needs to. It need. I need, I want to regret eating it because it's cut my gums open. There you go. Well, I'm glad we glad we sorted that out. Thank you. <laughs> that was some good Canadian s- content for you too, because the yeah, that's what, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. This is, right? this is our CanCon <laughs> bit. Yeah. Um, is, is that 33 percent? I once had somebody ask me. Um, what do you what is do you have anything in common with your character um and i can at least say for mine that uh i also am bad at naming files (laughs) (laughs) yes she is (laughs) and uh so that is probably the the most accurate auto like or biographical thing for me with judith Right on. Um, I don't know if you guys have found things other than Ian that you are also an engineer and Owen is an engineer. Yeah, there's that. Owen uh, is like, he likes to eat. So do I. (laughs) So as prefaced by the chip question earlier. um, Oh, and uh, no, no, that's season two. Sorry. Zip. So the... Only thing I can really, I mean, I, I have very surface level things in common with Claire. I am 30. I used to work in media before I lost my job because of COVID. Um, I live in Toronto. I lived in Parkdale for five years. And uh, otherwise, just like on a more like a note of just like how she is, I definitely empathize with um, her dealing with, with just her mental breakdown. I've been there. <laughs> It was a uh, season one was a lot of fun. Season two is gonna be gonna a lot be. more fun Ooh. or equal, equal or more fun. I like both of those. <laughs> okay, right. are there any teases that we want to give Ooh. for season two? No one's life's getting any better. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, we're uh, I I just I always think about I was we were finishing up season one and I made a comment to Ian about how like. Um, you can really hear how it's like from like episode one to episode ten, how it's wearing on Judith, and he just he just went, yeah, she's really going through it, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, she's only going through it more <laughs> in this season. So, uh, Ian, yeah, there, I mean, without giving anything away, there are some pretty uh, ambitious and uh, interesting scenes and some uh, I- more iconic Toronto locations. So. You know, hold on for that. But yeah, I think that's, uh, it's been a very, I mean, I enjoyed making season one quite a lot. Oh yeah. I hope you guys did as well. Yeah, absolutely. I guess after this, if you want to keep listening, there is a whole bunch of bloopers coming your way because I kept every blooper. Oh God. I kept so many of them. Um, they are all, I love them all. They are all my little goofy babies. (laughs) Uh, and, uh. And yeah, I guess if you uh, if you want to keep in touch, check us out on Twitter at Parkdale Haunt. You can check us out on Instagram also at Parkdale Haunt. Um, I think we're going to be putting some merch up this year. Uh, please buy some merch. Buy a shirt. Yeah. I hope you had fun listening to this. Hope you had fun listening to the first season. And hope you all tune in to season two coming out in September. Yeah, we don't have an official date, but we will be sure to announce it as soon as we do. But it will be in September. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled for some small things coming out, maybe some fun promos. 
And uh, yeah, just glad. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. We have been really blown away by the reaction to the podcast. We did not expect so many people to engage with it and love it. And it means the world to us. You guys rock. It is amazing. I'm every day. I'm like, so thankful that people love this yeah it's our it's our weird little baby (laughs) uh, um no yeah it is it has been truly truly amazing to see all the the positive feedback and the people and the the, just the people who have downloaded it and just the people who are contacting us about it we got fan mail like that's super fun That's a that's a first for me. We also so. got someone who was trying to burn us by saying it was a good podcast if you're a wine mom, but jokes on them because wine moms are awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all three of us are like two steps away from just being the wine yeah, mom. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Chardonnay all day. <laughs> Rosé all the way. Oh, that's it. Damn. Oh, Chardonnay all day works. Yeah, that's okay. rhymes. I'm more of a yeah. Sauvignon Blanc guy, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like a piquette loser because I, 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 I don't drink that much wine. I'm a Pinot Noir gal. Ooh. Pinot Noir. <laughs> oh, so it works out. We do. We have a we have a rosé person, a red person, and a white person. See, that's why it works, guys. Exactly. Aww. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> let's go have some wine. Okay, we're gonna go. Let's go have some wine in separate yeah. rooms. Um, <laughs> right, there's still a pandemic. Mm. Yes. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We will uh, add us on Twitter, add us on Instagram, and uh, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Uh, shall I do the ceremonial <laughs> please, beep? Please do. All right. Did your latest meeting of the Historical Society for the Preservation of Ill-Advised Clothing have a roundtable about it? Boosh. (laughs) (laughs) I get to be Owen. Yeah, you get that lower register going. I'm now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll help me get in character. I'm method acting, bitches. (laughs) That's cool. I can sound more tired. I got that in spades. <laughs> we both have to. We both have to just really dig down and be tired. Think of six hours ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Also now. <laughs> All right. Did you know that you have a weird fetish about like facing things head on? Oh, that's not my only fetish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> hey, Judith. It's Adam. Adam Lusitania. <laughs> you look great. Wow, Claire, you really look great. Blah, blah, blah. I'm disgusted. <laughs> I'm disgustingly beautiful. You are. It's, just, it's so upsetting. <laughs> Creepy lady, not a fan of us. Creepy lady is coming for you. She's going to eat your soul and make your bones into glue. We Uh, appreciate you, Carson. We do. I really have no place else to go. (laughs) I am so alone. God. The way you said chock-a-block was really impressive. I've never heard that phrase before, so I had to guess what it was supposed it was, to sound like. It was perfect. Chock-a-block. <laughs> like, I guess that's what it should be. A awful phrase. 
you will bleed and perish and your ah uh, fuck you will bleed and perish and your blood yep <laughs> I'm unsure will the blood do what's it yeah. gonna do <laughs> I don't know about the blood I'm out can I can I actually get a cab chit uh, I don't wanna be in this cult anymore I like the idea of the awkward cultist who's like I don't know guys this seems this a seems bit a little much. little intense guys you really shouldn't learn. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. <clears throat> oh, t- 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 I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Here, one second. Tuts. I never tuts in my cha, life. Cha, cha. Hey. Cha, 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 cha. <laughs> and in an academic setting? Depends. On what? On how many of my students are still awake once I start my lecture. I'm right. sorry, I put on a voice. Okay, I'll do that again. <laughs> All right, we're we're walking. <clears throat> we're walking. Feeling good. Not really, actually. Oh, we're, feeling we're, bad. We're feeling. Well, we're feeling weird. Okay. Um. I'll pack up. Uh. I'm sorry. Uh. I love you. Just yeah. let me dangle here, Jesus. <laughs> 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 well, I'll just leave then. <laughs> Bye. I love me too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm very flattered. <laughs> Just as a yeah, as a friend. <laughs> I love you too, as a friend. Um. <laughs> Wait, was there another option? <laughs> oh. There was like a tweet going around about like how if you see Poirot while you're on vacation, you have to either like stay with him at literally all times or get the hell out of there. Right? <laughs> um, I also, yeah, I also feel like Owen is the kind of person who like 100% watches like like Midsummer Murders. He like definitely does. The best kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> Judith, Judith watches um, uh, bat, uh, Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> like doesn't admit to it. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Yeah, this is. We're officially at the stage now where Not Judith and Owen should be fucking running. Get out! Get out! Get out! Chop sandwiches! Yes, in my in my version, Claire stares at a bird through a window and bites the head off of a bird. <laughs> stares at it through the window and then bites. Oh, stares at, at Austin bird. Austin through a and window. And then eats a bird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like that. Thank you. Alex, let's bring it back. But what kind of bird? What, and you, what do you picture in your head? What's the bird you're tearing to pieces? <laughs> I was thinking like a sparrow, just because it's small enough to fit in your house. Or in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, the poor bird. Hey, guys. Hey. Fuck. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> oh, it's fed up and he's throwing shit at you. Sorry, can I do that one again? Yes. Right. It's one take only, Taylor. <laughs> I don't know. I just hate it. It's live. <laughs> this, this, this podcast is live. Okay, did we not tell you that? It's ruined. That should have been said way long ago. <laughs> this this podcast would be called Trust Issues, the podcast. Very nice. Respect um, boundaries. All right. Be. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sad. Um, Beep. That was fucking scary. <laughs> Nicely done. Parkdale 
Haunt is an original podcast created and written by Alex Nursall and Emily Kellogg. Directed and produced by Alex Nursall. Engineering and sound design by Ian Bodie. Recorded at Pirate Toronto. Presented in partnership with the Frequency Podcast Network. You can find us and all the other Frequency Podcasts at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com.